Lord, I thank you for every person here that you've drawn in the physical and online. I thank you that, Lord, there is a destiny that you have given them. Lord, it is a kingdom destiny. It is a destiny that is found in you and the things of you. Lord, it is a great destiny, Lord, to do great and mighty things. And Father, I want to ask, Lord, as I bring this word, Lord, that I would be both faithful to your word and sensitive to your spirit. And Lord, you would minister this word. You would minister life through your word, Lord. It may be the voice of you, God, that your people hear this morning. God, I ask for the anointing, Lord. I need the anointing to bring this message. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would transform today. You would transform lives. You would transform hearts. You would transform minds, body, soul, and spirit. Lord, I commit this word, commit this message to you, Lord, and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to be reading from verse 14, the parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours." But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who, from, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. You may be seated. So, each and every one of you have a, a kingdom destiny. So, some of you know what that is. Some of you don't know what that is. But I want to tell you, according to the Word of God, you each have something to contribute to the body and to those outside the body. And that's in a whole plethora of different gifts. 
Now, a lot of you are in the book of Revelation at the moment in your Bible studies. We're all looking at end times. We're all excited about end times. You should be excited about Christ's return because He is coming back. And so we are all looking at that. We're looking at the prophecies that are given. We're looking at that book. But before Christ comes, we actually have things to do. We've got gifts that we've been given, and those gifts that we've been given, we are to be faithful with. In the chapter I just read, chapter 25, before that is chapter 24, of course, and in 24, Jesus talks about the signs of the end times. He's telling his disciples what that will briefly look like with a certain number of things. He doesn't give them a precise date, of course, but he's saying, these are some of the things, some of the signs you'll know and you'll be aware that I'm coming soon. And then in light of that, chapter 24, about, you know, these is what the end times look like, he gives a number of parables in light of what he has just said. In other words, I'm coming back, but here's the things that you need to be mindful of. Here's some things you need to be reminded of. And we see a few parables. Firstly, well, in chapter 25, it starts, there's a, there's a parable or two from 24. Chapter 25, there's a parable about, uh, the first one is about the wise, the five wise and the five foolish virgins. So that parable is about being spiritually prepared. Spiritually prepared. The next one is the parable of the talents, which I just read. That is about being faithful with what God's given you and being productive. And then there's a third parable after that. But basically, those two parables, they are what we would deem, what Jesus would want us to be aware um, in preparation of his coming is to be ready. So those parables is given for us to be prepared and be ready. Now, this parable, chapter 25, he begins... In verse 14, 14, like I said, for the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, the kingdom of heaven is what God wants to establish here on earth. So before Christ comes, all the revelation stuff's good, but before that comes, the priority is for God's kingdom here on earth to be established. Because in Matthew 6, in the Lord's Prayer, he said that we are to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God desires that his kingdom be established here on earth. And that kingdom of heaven is, it's a spiritual realm. It's where God rules and reigns. And each of you as Christians, we share in his likeness. So we are his hands and feet. We expand his kingdom here on earth. That's through salvation people being born again, people being saved, healing and deliverance. So that's obviously in the church, but it's outside the church as well because we're called to go out and we're called to minister to those outside the body. Now, I want to um, explain this parable a little bit. Obviously, the Lord is Jesus. He talks about His return 
in a parable. So this parable, it's, it's, it's metaphorically speaking. If you're new to the things of the Bible, he's metaphorically speaking. So the Lord is Jesus. Um, the servants, that's you and I. I believe this speaks about Christians. I don't believe that Jesus uses non-believers to do his work. I believe he uses believers, you and I, Christ's disciples. So the servants are us. And the talents in this... He's using, ta- he's using the word talent, and that word means money. Further on in the passage, he refers to it as money. So talent, just think money. But it's a metaphor. So it's not, we're not really talking about money. The talent, or the talents that he gave to the servants, the five, the two, and the one, they are gifts that God has given us. Gifts of grace. And they're the gifts that we are to use and to, that we are to invest and be productive with here on earth. Like I said, you each, some of you have got one, two, three, four, five, you've all got different ones, but the minimum is one. You all have at least one gift that God's given you. And uh, in Ephesians 4, I'll read it out, in verse 7 to 8, it said, Paul says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So, there I'm re-emphasizing that when Christ rose in victory through his ascension, he released gifts unto us to do his bidding, to be his hands and feet. The Bible says we are created in his likeness, that we are his workmanship to do good things works. Now, these gifts of grace, like I said, they're to invest inside and outside of the church, but they are these gifts. They're the free giving of God. That's what grace is. It's the free giving of God. These gifts you haven't earned. You haven't earned the gifts that you've been given. You don't deserve them, but that's what grace is. It's the free giving of God, and these gifts you've been given, and I'll Mentioned some in a, in a minute, but these are what God's given to us to do His work. And it's like, if you think about it this way, a parent will often give their young child money, and that money is to be used to buy the parent a birthday present. So it's, their, it's the parent's money, but it's used to buy them, say, a birthday present or a Christmas present. So that's like God's grace. It's like... He gives us the money. He, he gives us the money. So he gives us the ability, the opportunity. But then we're giving it back, aren't we? He's giving us something, but we're giving it back to him. We are doing it for him, for his sake. So both the gift and the opportunity to serve God with our talents, with our gifts, are only by the grace of God. And... No one Christian is better than the other. The, the, the people up here on the, the platform ministries, the, the pastors and the worship, you know, you know, you're not a lesser Christian just because your gift is maybe the gift of helps or the gift of encouragement or the gift of administration. You're not a lesser Christian, so I want you to understand that, okay? As you'll see as I go on, that 
you're no different, you're no less a Christian, okay? And each person has a, you are responsible for your gift that you've got on your life or the number of gifts you've got. I'm responsible for mine and you're responsible for yours. I'm not gifted, I don't have the gifts of grace over my life than what you have and you don't have it over the next person sitting next to you because we've all got different things in the kingdom to offer. And some of these different callings or gifts or ministries can be things like the gift of prayer, the gift of encouragement, like I said, the gift of intercession, the gift of helps, working in children's ministry, being a foster carer, working in, um, there's a ministry that ministers to brothels. There's the common ones like the apostle and the pastor and the evangelist and the teacher and the prophet. They're all the common ones. There's the worship leading. There's, if you've got a gift in music, there's a number of different things that you can do. There's the gift and the ministry of deliverance. So don't just think, I'm, I'm not good at teaching the Bible because it's a lot more than that. That's, that's only one gift, okay? There's a, like I said, there's numerous others and you've all know or may not know what that is. But I want to read again one of the verses because all these gifts that you've been given, it's not your ability that works those gifts, that operates those gifts, that works through those gifts. It's not your ability because it says in, uh, in that same chapter 25, it says in verse 15, and to one he gave five, two, one, each according to his own ability. That word ability is dunamis. Some of you know that word dunamis is, means the supernatural power of God. So each of you have got that in your life to operate those gifts, okay? So it's not, on you, it's not your own strength, it's by God's ability, His dunamis, the supernatural power manifested in your life through those gifts, through those ministries, etc. And this is what it says in Ephesians 3 verse 7, I be, this is Paul speaking, I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of His power. So again, it's God's power working through those gifts of grace, those talents, that He operates through. It's not His own strength. He labors, we all labor, but it's the work of God. It's the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that is working those working those gifts. And I want to encourage you who's sitting there, or maybe online, you've been actually laboring. You have been faithful. You have been laboring for many, many years. And you may not even have seen a result in some, in some of those ministries. He says here in verse 19 that the Lord came after a long time. So there's a tendency and there's a temptation to actually quit. 
There's a te- there's a, can be a temptation to quit. But I want to tell you, and I want to encourage you not to lose heart, not to be discouraged, because the Word of God says that God is faithful, and you will not be put to shame, and the work of your hands and feet will not go to waste. It will not be done in vain. Sometimes it won't look successful, your ministry. It might be like the intercessors. An intercessor may be praying for a country overseas and they may not see their work until heaven. You may not see the full extent of your work before heaven, but stay faithful. Keep remaining steadfast to your calling because if God's put that gift in you, he's put it in there for a reason and there will be a great exploit, whether you know it now or in heaven, but there'll be a great exploit. And he said to each of these faithful servants, he said, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. He didn't say good and successful. Sometimes we feel in our nature like we need to see success. And yes, we are to bear fruit and ministries are to bear fruit, but some of that fruit you may not see until heaven. So don't get discouraged if you're not seeing God move the way you think maybe he has to move or when he has to move. Because like I said, he is faithful. And John, in John 4, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says in verse 37 of 38, for in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. So for instance, you might be an evangelist and you've labored or you've been a disciple maker and you've been coming along the same people for years and years and you haven't seen much. Maybe they haven't come to faith and maybe the disciple, the one you've been discipling is not moving on for God. But Jesus is saying here that like one sows, you have not labored, others have labored and you entered into their labors. So those two people that go off and you never see them again, someone else comes along and you know within a week they're saved. But you know it was all because of the work that you had prepared beforehand. So don't be discouraged again with what you see in the natural because God is always building more than you can see in the natural. He's always building more than you can see in the natural. And I want to just remind you that those two faithful servants, they were faithful with the five and the two, and they received five more and two more. So they got the same, they got 100% return on what they did. Yet one did five, one had five talents and one had two. So, you know, you may be sitting there and you've only got the one talent. But, you know, if you're faithful with the one, you're going to get 100%. It's the same reward. It's, that's the same as the one with the five and the one with the two. So don't be discouraged about he's got more or she's got more because it's not about them. It's about you and what you've been given and 
I'm not responsible, like I said, for you, and you're not responsible for me. Now, I want to talk about the one talent. The one talent. But before I do that, those who are laboring that I want to encourage right now, the Scripture says that there will be an eternal reward for you. Okay? Just remember that. There's an eternal reward for you in heaven. It says that those who were faithful what they've been given, the Lord said, good and faithful. He said, you are faithful with a few things. You'll be ruler over many things. And he says, enter into the joy of your Lord. So it won't be your joy, it'll be into a joy that you enter. It's the, joy, the Lord's joy that you're entering into. So there are, I believe, eternal promises laid up, treasure if you like, laid up for you in heaven if you keep and you remain faithful with what you've been given. Now this one talent person, this is, this is really the, the biggest danger in the church today. It's those who've got the one talent. It's the biggest danger because... That person often doesn't underestimate the responsibility of that one talent. But it's just as important as any other gift and, ta- gift and ability given. There's an underestimation of that. It's like there's, there's a responsibility that is not really adhered to and it's, the attitude can be, well, I've only got one. What's, what's the point? I can't do much with it. And I might as well just not do anything. What good is it anyway? And that is the danger. And a, most people in the church today, well, a lot of people at least, are the one talent people. So if that is you, just take heed to what this scripture is saying because it, this, this is eternal. There is eternal consequences in this. And you might think, well, if God gave me a big ministry, like something up here where I could be seen, something with a lot of responsibility, you know, something great, then I would be faithful. God tests us in the little things. If you're faithful in a little, you'll be faithful in much. That's God's ways. That's his kingdom principles. You're faithful in a little, faithful in few, you'll be ruler over many. What You're faithful in little, then you'll be faithful in much. That is how it's shown. Now, what stops us then? I'm talking about the one talent. What stops us being faithful? I don't have to go past the scripture too far to see what it says. He came to this one talent servant, what have you done? I've done nothing. He called him wicked and lazy. Church, do you know that laziness is wickedness? It is. Laziness is wickedness. And it's one of those things, it's like a respectable sin. It's one that we often can tolerate and not pay any attention to, but it is, it is very dangerous. It is very dangerous. And if I asked you, 
what was the fall, what was the reason for the fall of Sodom? Most of you would say sexual immorality, which is true, but that was only the fruit. That was the fruit that you could see, but what was, what was the root of the cause of that? What was the root? Ezekiel 16, 49, look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Again, abundance of idleness, what is that? That's laziness. See, when you have in society those four things that I just read out in Ezekiel 16, then comes the fruit, the things like the sexual perversion and the sexual immorality and so forth and so forth. So those root causes are so, they're dangerous and they're detrimental to our health. Like I said, our spiritual health. Like I said, this is a, this message, this passage is, has eternal consequences. It's, it's eternal. And one of them, like I said, is laziness. That's what stops us. The other one is comparing when we compare ourselves to others, when in, in 1 Samuel chapter 18, Saul and David come home from the battle. David has just killed the Philistine, Goliath. The women are dancing and got the tambourines and they're singing and they say, Saul, he's leading, Saul has slain his thousands and he's probably quite puffed up at that stage. But then they say, David, who's behind him, has slain his tens of thousands. And that was the very moment when Saul compared himself to David, that jealousy set in, anger set in, and it just got worse and worse because he tried to then kill David numerous times after that stage. But what if, what if a prophet had come to Saul and said, Saul, this man you're comparing yourself to, he's going to commit adultery and then he's going to murder Bathsheba's husband. Not only that, he's going to take a census, so he's going to count the heads of his army to get security in that, and 70,000 people are going to die. If a prophet had just come to him and said that, would he have compared himself to him? See, when we compare ourselves to others who seem to be successful, praise God that they are successful, but when we compare ourselves to them, you, we, don't, you, we, we don't know half of what's going on in that person's life. And you know, it can be a detriment to us to be lazy, but to compare, to compare ministries, almost like a competitive holiness, where you want to be more competitively holy than your brother or sister, but you're just responsible for your own. You're responsible for what's given you. And, you know, seeing the small as small, seeing the little as little is another thing. In Zechariah 4 verse 10, he said, for who has despised the day of small things? So we're not to despise the day of small beginnings or the small things. And you may think your gift is small, but like I said, you're going to receive the same, that 100%, if you're faithful with that gift. And you say, well, I don't know what my gifts are. I, I would do, I would be faithful and I would do what God calls me to do if I knew what 
I was called to do, if I knew what my talent was. Well, when the Lord came to the unprofitable servant, he took that one talent and he gave it to the one with the ten. What's my point? If you don't know what you're called to do, invest what you have into another profitable ministry. If you don't know what you're doing, invest somewhere else. Invest that gift. Invest it somewhere else. Maybe you feel like, you know, I feel like I'm called to be a leader or I feel like I'm to work with children. Go and work in those areas until God speaks to you clearly. I want to encourage you because the small gifts that some of you may know what you have and you consider it small, it might be in man's eyes small, but in God's eyes it's not. Like for instance, the gift of helps. The gift of helps, there's no glory in that, it's not your own ministry, you're just serving. Every, you're just serving, you're just serving, you're just being a help to whoever needs help. Now, those that gift is probably the most critical and the most important in the life of the church. But we don't see it that way because it's less dishonoring maybe. It's one that is just the servant. But it's one of the most critical. The one, the encouragement. If you've got the gift of encouragement, I want to encourage you that that is a powerful gift. You may feel like, oh, I, who am I to go up to the pastor or to this person encourage them? It's just little old me. But everyone needs encouragement, I can tell you that. Every single person needs encouragement. And when God gives you the prompting and the word to go and encourage that person, do it. Because it will be well received. So whatever it is, how little it is. How little it is. You too can receive, if you're that one talent person, you too can receive your good and faithful servant when the Lord returns. You can receive that today. Well, not today, but when Christ is returned, you can make a move. You can make a shift in your life so that you will receive that. How? How too can you receive your well done, good and faithful if you have someone who's buried that gift, that talent? This is how you do it. Romans 12, verse 6 to 8. Having then, this is again Paul, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So, simply put, just begin to use what God has given you. Dust that thing off. Stir yourself up and start using that gift that God's given you. Because it's His power that is manifested to work in that gift, in that calling, in that ministry. It is his power, the dunamis, it's the supernatural power that was working in Paul, that was working in Jesus, that is working in you today. So do not shrink back because it's the power of God that's going to work. So to remain faithful then, if you are someone who is laboring already faithfully, if you're someone who is not currently laboring faithfully, to remain faithful, there's two parts, there's three parts. The first part is to remain steadfast. Just keep doing what you're doing. Stand firm and let nothing move you. 
Stand firm and let nothing move you. Faithful, that's steadfastness. Faithfulness, there's two parts to that. The first one is just be obedient to your calling. Similar to steadfastness. Long obedience in the same direction. You're just going on 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You just keep going. Long obedience in the same direction. And the second part to that is adding faith to what you have been filled with. You have something that you have. Remember, it's, you've got something. Adding faith to what you've been filled with. God might call you, and he will, because we are to go from faith to faith, to bring a greater exploit, to do a greater thing, to do a, something that requires faith. He wants us to add faith to what we've been filled with already. So he wants, if you're called to be a teacher, start with your home. Add faith, you start teaching more and more and more. So add faith to what you've been given. And in, um, in Hebrews, see it says here in chapter 10 and verse 38 that the just shall live by faith. So that's not an event, that's a, that's a lifestyle. The just shall live by faith. That's a lifestyle. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So we can only live, truly live, when we are going from faith to faith, when we are walking in faith, trusting in God, trusting in his purposes, trusting in what he has given us and called us to do. In, over the page in verse 11 of chapter 11, it says, By faith... Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So, by faith, okay, but by faith, Sarah received strength. Do you know what that word strength in the Greek means? Dunamis, like the one I started with, ability. In the Greek, it means dunamis. Again, that's a supernatural power. That was strength that she received supernaturally to conceive seeds. See, she was, her job, she was the, to be, as Abraham was the father of nations, she was to be the mother of nations. So she was carrying the promise. She was carrying a destiny that was what she was called to do. She added faith to that. And in response, she conceived, by faith, conceived seed. And it was the supernatural work that was in her to do so. And I want to just begin to close now and I want to just share with you chapter 25, like I said, there's the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. In that, if you know the parable, Jesus actually rejected a person. In the parable of the talents, Jesus rejected someone. And then the one after it, in the same chapter, is a parable about Jesus judging the nations. And it's about not serving others who are in need. Jesus, again, rejected those in that. What was the common thing, what was the common reason that Jesus rejected all three? Simply put, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. And Jesus rejected so I'll, I'm asking you to heed this word because it is, is so crucial for us today. And as I close, I want to ask you, what is required today? What is required for you here? What is required for you at home?
What is required? I believe a, a fresh wind has to occur in your life. There needs to be a fresh wind. In 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul encouraged Timothy, he said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. Stir up the gift. The NIV says, fan into flame. What do you do when you fan something? What is produced when you fan something into flame? It's a wind. The Holy Spirit is known as oil, wind, fire, wind. So when we actually stir ourselves up, so if that is you today, we need to stir ourselves up. We need to begin using what God's given us because, you know, there's a, it's a scriptural principle that as we draw near to God, He draws near to us. So I want to ask you today, if, if you have hidden, if you have buried your talent, stir yourself up as you begin to use what God's given you, what God's implanted in you, He will begin to work through you because it is His power. Maybe you don't know what you're called to do. You can begin in prayer, asking God, where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to invest for your kingdom's sake? To expand your kingdom in the church, outside the church. I want to... uh, do a couple of things. I want to pray for us today as I close. I want to pray, but I also want to, if you're maybe at home, if you're in the church, as we worship, if, if, you, if you know that you're not where you should be, if, if you know that you've, you've, you've wanted it easy, then there's an opportunity just where you're seated when we worship and you just cry out to God. Because, like I said, and I'm not being harsh, laziness, he said, is wickedness. It's a grievous sin. So you actually need to repent. You need to receive God's forgiveness. And he says he'll cleanse you. He'll not only forgive you, but he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Because those, there's sins that we're often concerned about. I'm not going to do the wrong thing. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. That's one type of sin. But there's another type of sin, which is the sin of omission, is when you don't do something that you should have done. That is just as bad as doing something you shouldn't have done. That's called the sin of omission. So that's what you can do. If you, as we worship, if you have any prayer needs, because this is a sanctuary, this is the house of God, if you have any prayer needs, you can come forward and receive prayer. But as I close, I just want to pray right now for a recommissioning for every person. If you know you've buried your gift and you want to remain faithful and you want to go on to do great things for God because you'll never be fully satisfied. You'll never receive the full joy that you have until you're walking in your calling. I can tell you that. So I want to pray right now for a recommissioning for us today. So let's just bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Father God, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, you are faithful and you are true. And I thank you, Lord, in your mercy, you have given us your word. You have given us and you have shown us, Lord, not only what's to come, but you have shown us how to live before you, Father God. And we want to be a people who are ready. We want to be a people who are watchful before you return. So Father God, I'm lifting up right now every person in this room, Lord. Those that have labored, Father God, I'm asking you would continue to strengthen 
in them. You would pour out fresh grace. You would pour out fresh mercy. Lord, you would pour out that dunamis, that supernatural ability, Father God, in a fresh measure over their lives. Father God, I come against all discouragement of those, Lord, who are laboring and not seeing results. Father God, I'm asking right now that you would put a fresh hope in their spirit. Father God, I'm asking right now you would strengthen those hands that are down, those knees that are weary. Lord, and you would lift up every head, Lord every head that is discouraged and you would breathe fresh hope father i'm lifting up right now every person who has hidden their gift those precious gifts of grace that you have given in your love father god i'm asking right now for every person who's given those hidden those gifts lord that you would actually rise them from the ashes father god i speak kingdom destiny over every life here today and father god i'm asking right now as your promise says as if we draw near to you you will draw near to us so father i'm asking right now as your people stir themselves up father god i'm asking you would go to work in the invisibles father and you would come and you would lord bring great fruit you would bring a great exploit through the work and the labor of your servants hands in the mighty name of jesus lord i commit every person here to you and father god you are coming you are coming and are we are just to be faithful and we are to be ready and we don't have to worry about the rest but be faithful with what you've given us so father god may we be lord from this day forward a people who are faithful a people who are ready a people who are watchful and prepared for your coming lord i commit them all to you and i pray it all in the mighty name of jesus amen